Hello and welcome back to Shanji. Said what? <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, Shiloh and I are in a coffee shop, so there might be some background noise. But we're here to talk about how to be uncertain. Yep. And we decided that because we're uncertain. <laughs> about everything. And we live in a very uncertain time. 2020 has been just a year of uncertainty. Yep. Uncertain what's happening, why it's happening, where it's happening. When it's happening. Who how, is happening. Or what is happening. <laughs> so, anyway, so we were thinking about it and like, just like talking about what does it look like to live in that type of space and yet still walk according to what God has called you to do and do that well. Not that we necessarily know how to do that, but yeah. like it's important to talk about. <laughs> also, this podcast is very uncertain because we have no goal or end in mind. We're just talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the ramblings of Shanji in this uncertainty of the Shanji See, lifestyle. You just get a raw look into our minds. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be afraid. Actually, you should be very afraid. <laughs> so, how have you dealt with this year's uncertainty, Shiloh? Um, if I'm gonna be real honest, a lot of crying. And disappointment. And a lot of, like, just coming back to the Lord. And especially in the beginning, just being really frustrated, really angry. Because I'm like, Lord, leading up until, like, COVID happened and started, like, up in March, the Lord was working a lot in my heart in regards to, like, teaching me to dream and like make choices and make plans and like just kind of leading me in how to have a heart of like hoping for the future which is really ironic and seemed really malicious once everything happened the way it did and I was just hit with so much disappointment but as I've been like processing through that and like the uncertainty of all of it I've had a really sweet time of knowing the Lord in deeper ways and he's had to really combat that lie in my heart of like Lord are you like malicious in this like you knew all of these things why are you doing what you're doing yeah and yet he's God I don't always get to know why he's doing what he's doing yet that doesn't mean he's not good and that doesn't mean that his plans and his purposes aren't for his glory and for the good of his people yeah. So it's been really an interesting and hard but beautiful time of like Lord, like going going back to the throne room, falling on your face and being like, "Lord, I surrender. Not my will but yours." Yeah. And then just laying out the raw emotions and thoughts and confusion before the Lord without having to walk away with an answer, which is really hard for me. Yeah. But I think that's been something I've been learning is like you can lay your heart bare before the Lord and walk away without an answer. And that doesn't mean he's not good. That doesn't mean he's not near and close to you. And that it doesn't mean he's not leading you. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, those are my thoughts. How has, what has uncertainty looked like for you recently, Angie? 
Um, well, I feel like the Lord began to kind of speak to me about what it looks like to just walk with Him and not having like this big plan laid out back probably like last fall. And I think He was just really simply saying like, Angie, just abide. Like, literally, that's what it means to be a disciple, is to just abide. And I'm like, wow, that's so simple. <laughs> like, I try to make it into this big, complex thing that I have to, like, get right and do well and have this five-year plan or whatever. But, like, literally, he was just saying, like, abide with me and you will go where I go. Like, hmm. it just yeah. makes sense. Like, I'm remaining with him, so I'll go where I, like, he goes. So I feel like that's something that he began to speak to me then and then has been reminding me of. I think also I just tend to put timelines on things that the Lord hasn't given me a timeline. Like we were talking about that before. Yeah. But just how, I don't know, just really telling me, Angie, let go of your timelines and just like focus on what I've asked you to be obedient in right now. Yeah. And I feel like timelines too, not that they're like a horrible thing or having goals or whatever, but it, it, it distracts us from being present and obedient yeah. in the current moment of like, okay, Jesus, like you're here with me now. What have you asked me to do now with you? Yeah. It takes away like the picture or it takes away the attentiveness that you're paying to the next step I feel like yeah of like you start to get too big picture that you lose track of listening to the quiet voice of like here's the next thing for you yeah and just being pursuing that thing yeah which I'm very guilty of because I'm a very big picture person so if I don't see the big picture I freak out yeah and I lose my mind (laughs) yeah but it's also like so kind of him to not give us all like this whole thing because I feel like it just puts so much pressure on us to to get Mm -hmm. it right and to like oh like now I have this big plan and I have to do it right or else I'm gonna like fail God's will and not do his will (laughs) but like it's so sweet of him to like lead I think you said this the other day of like he leaves room for failure and he he leaves room knowing we're gonna mess up (laughs) and he graciously picks us back up and yeah yeah. He leaves room for us to be human. Yeah. And weak and raw and stumbling and and yet still his plans are perfect and still his plans are partnering and not manipulative and yeah. forceful and which doesn't make sense, honestly. You can't mathematically figure that one out. Yeah. And something I love that you said the other day, Angie, talking about like waiting on the Lord is like, okay, so then what does waiting on the Lord look like in a time of uncertainty? And you were like, that means trusting him with the big picture and just doing the next thing he put in front of you and pursuing that, like, okay, this next step the Lord has given me or this tiny piece of information he's given me, I'm just going to wholeheartedly, like, run after that and not, like, put all, like, not, like, go so much investment in it, but just, like, okay, I'll just keep my eyes fixed on what he has shown me and not be so concerned about all the things he hasn't. Yeah. Which I really appreciated because that, like, simplifies it. I'm like, okay, let's wait on the Lord then. All right, he said this one thing. 
I can trust the Lord that he's going to make that happen and I can just take a step or yeah. or not take a step, whatever that looks like. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So what are some truths that the Lord has been teaching you in this time of uncertainty? Um, I think a big one that he's been teaching me is like what does it look like or not what does it look like just like the truth of he is good yeah and I don't have to understand him for him to be good it doesn't have to make sense to me for him to still be good like that truth is solid and sustained in the midst of tragedy in the midst of confusion in the midst of yeah everything going on he is still good and it's not like a blanket people use it as a blanket statement for them to not talk about their problems oh but god is good which it's not like that it's more like a truth that's so in the middle of the bad Mm -hmm. that it shines out brighter of like wow everything sucks god i have no good apart from you so clinging to him because you're like nothing else makes sense right now nothing else works nothing else is comforting but god you are good and you are comfort and you are the only wisdom that i want in this time and it's been hard because i think you can see if you look at any other human relationship when times get tough they turn on each other and i think we do the same thing with god (laughs) when times get tough we just like turn on him and i've noticed that in my own heart of like things get hard and i'm like lord why did you do that where did where is this coming from and like i lose track of like believing the benefit of the doubt about him and i start to believe those lies of like he's malicious he's teasing me or he's you know especially with disappointment he teased me with that good thing and then i never got to have it and like believing those things about god instead of believing that he's good and that he is faithful and so it's been a a big journey through the confusion and chaos of meeting with the Lord and having continual conversations with him to begin to have that truth be real to me that he can still be good even though I don't understand what he's doing even though I don't understand why he's doing it even though things happen differently than I thought they were going to happen and maybe you know I misunderstood what he was talking about which is very uh, a real possibility and he can still be good yeah and he can still love me and i think sometimes we separate those truths too of like believing the truth that he's good but then believing the lie that he's not good to me yeah he like yeah he's good objectively and he loves people but like he doesn't have my best interests in mind yeah and so then the like second part of that has been him teaching me I'm good and I'm good to you and I care about you and I prioritize you even in the midst of him being the ruler of the universe which doesn't make any sense to me either like how how do you care so much about me and my feelings and my little plans that don't always work out and yet you're ruling the universe yeah that's good I don't know yeah so those are some of my the truths that he's been teaching me yeah. What about you? Um, I think a big one that I 
was really learning this summer was just that he is my friend. And it's so simple, like, yeah, Jesus is my friend. But I think just in knowing, like, he... I don't know, this summer was definitely very a lonely summer of a lot of solitude, which is, I think, good to have at times. But just realizing, like, he's literally able to give me exactly what I need in every season and like Mm. the friendship that I need in every season and just seeing how his friendship I just felt like it literally was sustaining me through Mm. this summer and and how like when usually I'd be like wow I really wish I had a friend right now to just like talk about this with he's like just talk about it with me or like just these little things where he's like I'm here Angie talk about it with me and I don't know it just gave me this sense of security in him that that he isn't going to leave me that he he will be with me and in future times of loneliness too and I even feel like I'm like preaching that to myself right now because I'm definitely feeling that and just knowing like okay Angie like he was with you then and he sustained you with his love and friendship in a really difficult season and he's going to in the future even when yeah. you do continue to be when you are afraid and when you are feeling alone yeah like his friendship sustains us and he knows like what our heart and soul needs and he's not going to leave us high and dry yeah and i think something that i've been learning even literally today <laughs> went to church and the sermon was about the sower and the seeds and the different like types of soil And something that was really standing out to me was like the soil needed to be good soil. It needed to not have rocks and thorns. And like we all go through seasons where we are the different types. And I think we always kind of picture like, no, I'm the good soil. And that's like a constant state that I'm in or they're the rocky soil. That's what they always were. But it's like I think those rocks so often can just be lies and strongholds in our lives. And those thorns like the the Lord literally, or Jesus goes and, you know, explains it afterwards what each of those things are. But I think, like, I've been realizing, like, okay, what are seasons in my life where the Lord is removing those things? Mm -hmm. And I think seasons of uncertainty, a lot of the time, are removing those strongholds, lies, and things that are going to choke out the word of God. But it takes being diligent to seek him in those times, and to press into him, and to go to the throne room be raw be real and you begin to see the truth of like he is my friend he is faithful he is good and I am loved and all of those things like they don't come out of a place of being rocky soil where the the word springs up and then it just dies as soon as it gets hard but it's like oh no that like that can only take root if the Lord is removing those like rocks and the Lord is removing those thorns which has been really convicting for me of like okay am I seeking the Lord's wisdom Mm -hmm. am I seeking time with him am I allowing the uncertainty to choke out the word of God in my life that I'm running to other things or that I'm trying to fix it on my own I'm trying to mend my plans make it all work out in the end go after things that I think are good or am I pursuing after the Lord and not just pursuing like in the ways that we always think, but like seeking to know him. Yeah. Like how do I know Jesus more? 
in the midst of this season, in the midst of these trials, in the midst of my own confusion, instead of seeking to know more answers, more plans, more direction? Am I seeking to actually know Jesus for who he is? Because this really hit home for me. A friend of mine recently said, like, God is a God who deserves to be sought. Yeah. And I was like, okay, wow. Like, God is a God who deserves to be sought. He is holy and he is righteous and he is good. And am I just seeking direction from him or answers from him or, you know, things that are going to benefit me in my life? Or am I seeking him for him? Yeah. Because if I'm not doing that, then I'm not going to get anything out of seasons of uncertainty other than anxiety and turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this verse comes to mind Philippians in Philippians 3 uh, but whatever gain I had I counted as loss for the sake of Christ indeed I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, yeah, I just feel like... Think about Paul and his circumstances and how uncertain everything was, but yet, like, there is this deep desire in his heart of, like, but I want to know you, and I want to know mm, your resurrection, yeah. and I want to know your power, and that means death, too, to know his power. Yeah. And, and death to our plans, and death to our, like, control. Death to our will. Yeah. And... But yet he was just like, I know you're worth it and I want to pursue you. Yeah. That's another thing I think the Lord has been like calling me to in this season is he keeps asking me to put things on the altar. And it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. But like in, in uncertainty, am I willing to take the inconveniences and allow them to refine me like that that song of like lord you're the fire the refiner and like am i actually willing to lay down and be refined yeah because yeah jesus is worth it he's the only one that's worth it yeah and i think in times of uncertainty and lots of setbacks and inconveniences it washes away all of those extra things and you're left with like a lot of nasty stuff (laughs) and you're like oh look that was there like I was doing this for myself I was doing this for other people I wasn't doing this for the sake of the glory of God Mm -hmm. and then being willing to like put to death those things and saying like Lord I put my will on the altar Mm -hmm. I put my desires on the altar I put these dreams on the altar not my will but yours and allowing him to allow the things that need to die die and and even like the resurrection resurrecting things that are dead like he can do that too and are we willing to put things on the altar 
and allow them to die and allow him to bring back to life what needs to live and let die what needs to die. Yeah. Or are we going to fight tooth and nail for what we want and do it all for ourselves or do it all for a vision or a goal that isn't even worth it in the end? And in our own power, which is useless. But like thinking about when we die to ourselves, we then have resurrection power that we're walking mm. in. Amen. And yeah. like that's that's what we should be walking in is that resurrection power. Yeah. How often do we like settle for easy bake ovens when we could have a <laughs> furnace? <laughs> like, I could have my own pizza oven. <laughs> oh my gosh, we could make so many pizzas. And yet Think we're like trying to fry an egg on the sidewalk. <laughs> exactly. We're like, no, God, I got this. Don't worry, I have my pan. <laughs> yeah. And I think you see that so often in our humanness mm-hmm. that comes out when our plans don't work out or when things don't happen exactly how we think they'll happen. And we're like, no, I can, I can still make this work. We're like, okay, you could make it work, but should you? Yeah. <laughs> because maybe it'll even be to the same end. Maybe that thing should work out. But if you let the Lord do it, it's going to be so much better than if you try and just make it happen. Yeah. It's like the whole working smarter, not harder. <laughs> How do we not work harder, but actually live by faith? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for journeying with us in this uncertain land. May the odds ever be in your favor. Yep. God bless. God bless. (laughs) I hope you make it out.